The Word in the World. You're listening to The Word in the World podcast, a resource to help make the world around you make sense. Let's zone in and share with each other our knowledge, encouragement, wisdom, and understanding. This is The Word in the World. Hey guys, welcome back to the Word in the World podcast. We bring you topics, talk, and truth. Everything from the news to the New Testament. So we're going to be doing something a little different today. We're going to have a little bit of a Q&A session. Mm-hmm. Some questions have been coming in and we wanted to take this opportunity to start to answer those. Yeah. Uh, we plan on doing this probably, you know, every couple of weeks or so. Really just as the questions come in. Yep. Yep. Um, so let's go ahead and get started with the first one. So our first question is from Maurice in Upper Marlboro, Maryland. And let's see what Maurice has to say. What's up? This is Mo White from Upper Marlboro. My question is, what is the true biblical definition of why Jesus turned water into wine? And how are we as Christians truly supposed to handle alcohol consumption today? So we really have a a two-part question here. Yeah. First part is, what is the significance of Jesus turning water into wine? Mm. And then the second one is, how should we as Christians handle alcohol today? That good suitor home. (laughs) (laughs) No, those are good questions, man. It's stuff that a lot of people probably wonder. Yeah. And I think, well, it's interesting because a lot of people don't think about the significance the significance of him turning water into yeah, wine. Yeah, they just say like, oh, he turned water into wine. Jesus drank wine. Like, yeah. it's cool. It's cool. But yeah. it's like, why did he do it? That's the point we take away from it. Because you know he didn't do anything just to be doing stuff. Like, there's significance in literally everything that Christ does. I mean, he's God. Like, God just doesn't do things frivolously. Like, oh, I'm going to just do this today. Nah, there's like meaning behind it and Everything. All that, you know. Yeah. So, Every what, 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 uh, what we, what, what do we got on this, man? What yeah. Is, what has been revealed to you? So, first, we're talking about um, a story that's coming from the Book of John, right, Chapter Two, right. And um, even before trying to answer this, we went and took a second look at it, and uh, or another look at. It. I'm not gonna say a second look. But we took another look at it. It's probably Jason's first time seeing it, but <laughs> we um just kind of started to really look at these scriptures up close mm-hmm. right and in looking at it we saw some <laughs> really interesting things so yeah we thought it would be cool just to kind of crawl through it a little bit yeah we could do a quick crawl yeah quick crawl and just uh pull out some some things of significance mm. so um let's see where do we want to start so we have uh you know jesus and his disciples um as it says in verse two right it says jesus and his disciples were invited to this wedding right and it says that all the wine had ran out and jesus's mother called him over and said look they don't have any more wine here yeah right and jesus says to her he says dear woman what is that to you and to me and just for those who are following us i'm reading from the um, amplified version here and he says my time in amplified version says to act and to be revealed has not yet come mm-hmm. right so so we see like at this point he hasn't really like uh been doing any miracles yet you know like he's just been revealing himself to individuals like not really just doing things for the masses to see Mm. um and it's very very interesting how his mom kind of like she didn't even ask him like hey can you fill up uh the wine she just said like hey man we ain't got no more wine 
because she already knows his ability, you know what I'm saying? And it, for me, what that revealed, and this is just the first part of this whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. But that revealed to me, like, when you have a relationship with God, like, how we were talking about rights in our prayer episode, it's like, you yeah. already kind of know what he, what he is expected of him almost. Like, yeah. hey, man, I'm sick. I need some healing. Right. Thank you. You know, right. like, <laughs> and she's like, yeah, like, you my son, honor that. and you kind of see that played out right in verse five where it says his mother said to the servants whatever he says to do do it so here he is like look you know i'm not really here for that and Mm. you know like what they got to do with us (laughs) and she's like nah look he gonna do what i say because he has to honor me (laughs) according to the law anyway right because the books i mean the bible says uh honor your mother and your father yeah right so she just turns to the servants and just tells them what to do and then because she know, knew her right she knew as a mom wow. yeah yeah wow. so uh so then um as we start looking at verse six and moving forward we see some some very interesting things so in verse six it says now there were six stone water pots set there for the jewish custom of purification ceremonial washing containing 20 or 30 gallons each and Jesus says to the servants, fill the water pots with water. Okay, so, hmm. All right. So in this verse, this is one of those scriptures where it helps to understand, like, the Old Testament a little bit, right? And what I mean by that is there are significant phrases in this scripture that we kind of have to um, really look at. So, Anyone who um, is familiar with, I guess, like numerology throughout scripture would know that six is kind of like the number of man, right? So um, you see here two significant things. You have the number six and you have like the word stone, right? So six stone water pots. And the significance of this is brought out with the ceremonial washing part. But anyway, so you have the number of man and you have these stone water pots and what's happening here is it's making a reference to the old law right it's making a reference to the old law right because the law was presented on stone tablets so you have the number six representing man you have these the stone which represents the law which was written on stone and it says in the last part of this uh scripture here that they were set there for the jewish custom of purification or ceremonial washing. So the Jews would cleanse themselves according to the law, whatever the law said on the stone tablets, right? So then you see something um, significant happen. Jesus says to the servants, fill the water pots with water. And so you see throughout scripture that water is usually symbolic of the Holy Spirit. Another reference that would clear that up would be when Jesus is talking to the woman at the well, right? And he tells her, you know, um, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. But what he's really referring to is the spirit, right? So, and there are a lot of other um, scriptures that bring these two together. Um, we could talk about that in, in an episode or whatever, but, you know, just like symbolism throughout scripture mm-hmm. and, and how we are to assess like, um, you know, scriptures like this. But you know, like I said, in verse seven, you see, he says, fill the water pots with water. So he's talking about this. I mean, this is alluding to man, you know, being filled with the spirit right here. Mm -hmm. And you see it even at the end part of this verse where it says, so they filled them up 
to the brim. And that's kind of symbolic of us being filled with the Holy Spirit now. Right. And it says, then he said to them, draw some out and now take it to the head waiter of the banquet. And it says, so they took it to him. And when the head waiter tasted the water, which Jesus had turned into wine, not knowing where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew, he called the bridegroom and said to him, everyone else serves the best wine first. Mm. And when people have drunk freely, then he serves that which is not so good. But you have kept back the good wine until now. And so even this scripture, and I know this might be heavy, guys, but like even this scripture is an allusion to what is happening as a part of Christ's coming. So, of course, they're at this wedding and all these things are actually happening. However, there is a a spiritual significance to it that we kind of, you know, don't really want to ignore. That's at a at a deeper level. And sometimes the Holy Spirit really has to kind of reveal this stuff to you. But if we look at, you know, verse 10, it says, you know, again, he says, everyone else serves the best wine first. And when people have drunk freely, then he serves that which is not so good. But you have kept back the good wine until now. And so what this is alluding to is the fact that, you know, people, you know, of the faith back then, you know, they had things like, uh, you know, they had the prophecies, they had the law, mm-hmm. they had um, the stories from, mm-hmm. you know, God leading the Israelites through, you know, like the, the wilderness and, you know, the exodus from Egypt and all that kind of stuff. Right. So they they had all this stuff to hold on to. And they thought at that particular time, like we got the good stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? But this, you know, this scripture right here and, and even this whole happening is kind of revealing to them as good as mm-hmm. they thought that was. It was nothing in comparison to what they have now. Yeah. You know, so like, no, 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 this is the good stuff right here. And now the party's really going to get started. Mm, You know what I'm saying? So, kingdom. Yeah. Even that, even that water into wine thing, it's like, you know, uh, the wine um, kind of represents like this joy. Yeah, this joy, this celebration, this sweetness. Mm. You know, this, uh, you know, things are, are, you know, going to be <laughs> on a different level now. Yeah. You know what yep. I mean? So um, this. Turn up. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so this story, um, you know, at the surface, you can read it and, and it kind of, you know, just it tells you Jesus turned water into wine. And mm-hmm. this was his first great miracle, you know, displaying his deity and his great power. But there are some significant undertones here. Yeah. I mean, another understanding that I got from it was. Um, so they're having a feast for someone's wedding. And back then it kind of is different than how we celebrate weddings now. Um, back then they basically celebrated for like a week and it was a whole ceremony with the parents and the whole village basically came out and uh, would celebrate the the couple's uh, wedding. So, you know, they had to provide food and beverage and everything for everybody who's coming out for an entire week. Um, And if they didn't, it was kind of, uh, you know, a shameful thing upon the bridegroom and his family and stuff like that. So, you know, Jesus, as our bridegroom, as we be in the church, he has like an incentive, obviously, for any bridegroom um, in the institution of marriage to uphold them and and make sure that they aren't shamed. So that would that's another element to this. And and the reason in the first place why his mom was like, hey, we're running out of wine. It's because she knew like the the bridegroom is going to be shamed if we run out. And Jesus has like this kind of connection 
being our bridegroom uh, to kind of like make sure everything runs properly and that we're never shamed. Well, that he's never shamed. Right. Um, so, yeah, there, there's that, too. But to get to, I guess, the second part, that, that that's a little little meaty. But, you know, it's a it's a long way to get to. I mean, we're trying to answer your question, too. Like it, that is you know the answer like yeah the significance <laughs> of it i mean it, it's a lot to it but you know it's very yeah. very understandable and i think i think the fact that um you like the question was asked like what is the significance of it you mm-hmm. know? like we kind of don't want to leave out you know like the you have what actually happened but then you have the spiritual significance of it and yeah. that just kind of you know brings up a point too like when you are reading the scripture you know, you'll see a lot of stories that at the surface, you know, you're kind of like, mm, this is an interesting story. It's mm-hmm. a little strange. I don't really know what's going on in this story, mm-hmm. but pray and the Holy Spirit will reveal to you the significance of it. And, Absolutely. You know, then you kind of don't just want to, you know, like understand spiritual things for the sake of understanding spiritual things. just to be kind of spiritually deep or anything like that. But you want to figure out how can I apply this understanding to my life now yeah you yeah know what i mean and, and what does this what does this mean for me yeah um but yeah getting into the the second part of the question and i'm i'm glad that you asked like how you know how should christians handle alcohol today because that's yeah. a controversial thing you know? yeah like, very. <laughs> yeah you have some you know churches who would say you know don't go anywhere near wine touch mm-hmm. not taste not handle not that yep. kind of approach and you have other you know people of the faith who are like, yeah, you can have wine every now and then. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So how do we know which direction to go in? And I think the answer is that to always come from Scripture. Yeah. I think Scripture always reveals to us. I mean, this is our foundation right here. It's the mm-hmm. Bible. It's the Scriptures God themselves. Book. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we have to go by what the Scripture says, right? So let's start to take a look at the Scriptures, um, you know, to answer this question. Mm-hmm. Well, I like to first start out that obviously uh you in the natural you drink too much wine you're gonna get drunk right um but that's with anything right you eat right. too much food you're gonna have a stomach ache um you know you you watch too much tv you're not gonna get work done you're gonna be lazy all that type of stuff yeah so anything in excess uh is is not beneficial for you right um but but when we do look at the scripture um, we see this idea of people actually um, identifying drinking wine with being joyous, right? Mm-hmm. Like we see David even praising God for making wine in uh, Psalm 104. He's like, uh, Psalm 104, I think 15, it says, wine that gladdens human hearts, oil to make their faces shine. He's listing all these things that, you know, he's praising God for. He says he makes grass grow for the cattle, plants for the people to cultivate and bring food. So, you know, we have this idea that, yeah, like wine is, is good and it's going to make us happy. Um, and and it's for, you know, it's for fellowship and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But then there there's also these scriptures that say like, they they literally say, do not get drunk on wine. Ephesians 5, 18, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the spirit. Right. So it does make you go like, well, what's going on here? Like, are we, can we drink or not? Yeah. And I think it really, it leads to the way that you're doing it. So obviously there's the kingdom of God and the kingdom of Satan. Mm-hmm. In the kingdom of God, 
you know, in Christ, when you drink wine, you're drinking it to be joyous. You're drinking it to have a good time with your brothers and your sisters in Christ. But in the kingdom of Satan, you're perverting it. He perverts everything that God has created. So when you're drinking wine, you know, to get drunk and, and to get loud and, you know, to, to fornicate, have sex and yeah. do all manner of wild stuff. That's that's what the Bible is talking about when it's saying, like, you know, don't lead you know, uh, you're drinking into drunkenness, mm -hmm. you know, Proverbs says wine is a mocker and beer is a brawler. Whoever is led astray by them is not wise. So right. it's this idea of you being, you allowing it to take you to a place that it shouldn't, allowing you to sin essentially. It's interesting when we start to really look at a lot of the scriptures about uh, drinking and, and, mm -hmm. and eating, right? Right. Um, because it's, it's, Paul talks about it a lot and he's saying like, you know, we're basically free to do whatever we want. We can yeah. eat what we want. All we things are lawful. All things are lawful. We right. can eat what we want. But not beneficial. Not Some things aren't beneficial, though. Yeah. And so, yeah, we were talking about this, too, right? It's like like you think about anything, mm -hmm. right? And I don't know, anything. But you think about a lot of things. Yeah. Right? Like, for instance, um, you know, I was listening to somebody a couple of weeks ago. They were talking about morphine, right? Mm -hmm. I was like, okay morphine um in one sense if somebody's in extreme pain in the hospital you give them a dose of morphine now that person's not in pain anymore hmm. that's a good thing to not be in pain mm -hmm. but the other side of that is that somebody could take you know that same drug at home and become addicted to it and it could totally destroy their entire lives mm. you know what i'm saying and it's like you know you look at that and it's like the overindulgence or the perversion as you said of anything you know leads to destruction mm. right so it's like, you know, even even with sex, right? It's like, is sex a bad thing? No, sex mm. is not a bad thing within the right context, right? If it's prior to marriage, wrong context, bad thing, yeah. right? According to God's laws. Now, you put somebody in a marriage, same sex, perfectly fine, mm -hmm. honored by God, mm. right? So it's like, it's it, it has to do with, you know, is that thing being perverted, yeah. right? And so drunkenness right the you know being being a um you know i guess a, a alcoholic or you know somebody who is um i guess driven by yeah. wine mm. you know what i mean that's a perversion mm. right yep. that's a perversion right of, of you should something. be driven by the spirit exactly you yeah. should be driven by the spirit and not by you know any anything else but the spirit to mm. be honest right and so that's the thing that's a perversion right there you know so you could take a lot of things you know and um just kind of put them on that 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 scale right there and be like yeah. all right yeah you know there has to be a balance with everything yeah. yeah and i think what when we read that scripture about um you know paul was saying like you're free to do anything but not all things are right and stuff like that um and that comes from uh let's see that comes from first corinthians 10 23 and 24 he says i have the right to do anything you say but not everything is beneficial i have the right to do anything but not everything is constructive no one should seek their own good but the good of others so we also see like and this goes with whether it be drinking or eating or you know what any kind of conduct whatever you're doing it should be for the glory of god the word says right mm -hmm. so it's like Paul is talking about like, okay, let's say you're, you're drinking and, you know, it's, it, a lot of scripture talks about like not uh, causing another brother to s stumble and stuff like that, right? Right. And we look at even in uh, Romans uh, 14, verse 21, he says, it is better not to eat meat or drink wine or to do anything that will cause your brother or sister to fall. So it's like, we understand that because of this freedom and this grace that we have upon us, right, and yeah. in Christ, 
we now have like further responsibility even mm -hmm. to to exercise that freedom right so we can drink we could eat we can do whatever we want but right. if you know that your man got a drinking problem paul is like look well the holy spirit is telling us like look don't drink in front of him, you know what I'm saying, or around him because he's got an issue with it. And you may cause him to, you know, backslide or something like that. Or you may just further, further, you know, his sin and, yeah. and, and compromise him, right? But right. So we have freedom, but we have to use wisdom. Yeah, it's wisdom time. that's involved. Okay. So and you can do that, whatever you want. With that, right, it's like if you feel like you have to have a drink, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like I should be able to hook up with you and I know that. You know, it would be bad for me to have a drink in front of you. I should be able to be like, nah, I'm good. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I shouldn't feel, you know, like like I absolutely have to have anything. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that's the thing. Um, we have to have, like, some kind of power over it, right? Yeah. So that we're not subject to it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, but then you said something earlier about, like, having that freedom, mm. too, right? And it reminded me of Colossians um, chapter 2, yeah. which is this chapter or this part of Colossians chapter 2, which is about um, freedom from human rules. Ooh. You know what I mean? And um, in verse 20, it says this. I'm kind of going to read just 20 through uh, 23, but it says, Since you died with Christ mm. to the elemental spiritual forces of this world, why, as though you still belong to this world, do you submit to its rules? Wow. Do yeah. not handle, do not taste, do not touch. And then it says, these rules, which have to do with things that are all destined to perish with use, are based on merely human commands and teaching. Wow. And such regulations indeed have an appearance of wisdom with their self-imposed worship, mm. their false humility, and their harsh treatment of the body, but they lack any value in restraining sensual indulgence. Wow, yeah. So there it is, your answer right there. Yeah. Right? It's, it's, you don't have to, um, you know, completely, you know, ban yourself from alcohol unless you know that it's a problem for you. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. But there's no scripture telling you you cannot have wine. Right. And what's incredible is many people who make that argument, it's like we have to neglect certain parts of scripture in order to even make that argument that mm -hmm. you shouldn't have wine. Right. Because mm -hmm. as we already stated in, in this, you know, in the answer to this question, he started out his first thing he did. The first thing he did was serve wine. And mm -hmm. when he serve us something that is sinful, right? you know what I mean? That doesn't even make sense. Not at he all. Needs to do. So the first thing he does is um, he makes wine, right, from water. Then you see um, there's an interesting scripture in the Gospels where it says that people accused him of being a glutton and a wine-bibber yeah. because he was drinking and mm -hmm. eating all the time. You yep. know what I mean? And you know, we can talk about that scripture at another time, but that happened. And then you see the Last Supper. There was this wine, and yeah. wine is actually the blood in that scripture. Mm. You know what I mean? So we, we shouldn't neglect certain parts of scripture in order to make an argument that isn't scriptural. Yep. You know? Yep. Um, Absolutely, yeah. man. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think that uh, hopefully can kind of give you a little bit of insight. But, again, we always encourage people to uh, pray to the Father, you know, and mm -hmm. ask him to... Uh, have the spirit give you a little bit of just your own revelation yeah. on it so that you come to like some uh some truth you yeah. know and and just a clear understanding about what it means for you and, right. and your walk you know yeah. because like you know real for self-evaluation yeah you know? i mean because like, am i good without it am i good without it or am i better with it you yeah. know what i'm saying am i more, am i am i am i uh am i more productive at certain points when i'm mm. when i'm a little happier when i'm drinking yeah. a little 
wine certain nights. I don't know. Can I enjoy myself at a wedding? Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, all, a lot of the times they were drinking wine. It was in the context of a wedding. Yeah, like, festival. It's, it's for celebration. And mm -hmm. even in the Old Testament, there was a lot of bread and wine. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Melchizedek gives bread and wine, you know, yeah. as a part of a tithing, you know, exchange and stuff yeah. like that. So, And when you even look yeah. at where they lived, like um like jerusalem and canaan and all these places where and when he when he said i'm gonna bring you to the land of milk and honey there was also like land there for vineyards yeah you know it's right. so it's right. like it was already there for them you know and the word says that like every plant it was originally here for us to like use and consume yeah. um so i mean again it's like even with marijuana right right it's there but are you going to abuse it yeah. or are you going to use it, you know, medicinally or responsibly? However, the spirit leads you to use it. Right. You know, yeah, but exactly. You can, you can use whatever you want. Honestly, right. you can eat whatever you want. But it's, mm. it's and there are these other scriptures. We don't have to go into it now, but mm -hmm. it's like there's other scriptures Paul talks about where he's like, yo, man, if you're if you're around some people that invite you over to dinner and they have food that they have sacrificed that they say is sacrificed or, or made for an idol. Right? right. Right. So, you know, you're with your man and he's like, yo man, this is for, uh, my hoodoo the Buddha. And you like, Oh yeah. <laughs> like, okay. Like that's, that's your God. And he's like, yeah, man. Jeez. Like I, I put my little, I put in a little piece of this chicken over here for him. You know, yeah. now the words, your man? that's, your that's man right one here? of my man. Yeah. It's like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, when he's doing this, the word says that for his sake, you shouldn't partake in that meal for him mm. because you make it seem as though it's okay to just honor any God. Yeah. And Paul is talking about like, yeah, you can eat it. Of course, you can eat whatever you want. But in that moment, you shouldn't really do it because you're just going to send a mixed message to him. Like, yeah. oh, yeah, I worship your God and mine. Right. Ooh. So, yeah, yeah. It, it gets it gets a little bit like uh, you have to use insight and wisdom. Like wisdom you're saying, you got to yeah. use wisdom with it for the other person's sake. That scripture, the scripture is in, I think, uh, Corinthians um, and whatever. You right. can go look it up. But mm -hmm. he's also saying for he says for their sake, you shouldn't their eat sake. it. Not for not your yours. sake, for yeah. their conscience. He actually says mm. not your own conscience. So right, because they don't have the understanding that you do. Yeah. They don't have yeah. the freedom that you do. You that. know, like they don't have the understanding. They don't they don't know. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, man. So this was a really dope question. I don't know if we yeah. covered everything, uh, but hopefully it gave some more insight, right? Yeah. If, if we added, I guess, anything to anybody's understanding, then Good. I'm cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, I even learned some things just now from hearing you talk about it. So this was even cool for me. Yeah. I'm about yeah. to go get on this suit at home, bro. Is that how you say it? Sutter? Sutter. Sutter? I thought it was Sutter. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm about to get this. What's the other one? Uh, Barefoot. That's it. I only know like the... Uh, I have no idea about it. I'm just... <laughs> I'm like... I know I'm, the I'm watching joints. you right now. Like, what do you, What kind of wines? I'm about to get on this. You're the wine bibber here. Yo. Here we go. <laughs> the resident wine bibber. <laughs> All right, y'all. So, we definitely are looking forward to answering more questions. Keep them coming in. Uh, we uh, are at contact us at the word x the world dot com. Um, and you can just uh, honestly just leave comments on our IG if you want. It's mm. at Jason Banks or at Marcus underscore a underscore gun. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, but it's easy to find us. And yeah, keep those questions coming in. You can even record a voice note on your phone and uh, email it to us. That's super, super easy, too. So, yeah, man, keep them coming. This was great. Yep, This was great. All right. Later. Later.
Thank you guys for checking out this episode of the Word in the World podcast. We hope you guys enjoyed it. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe, and repost with the hashtag TheWordXTheWorldPodcast. Also, we'd love to hear from you, so please send your questions, comments, praise reports, and testimonies. Basically, any and everything. We just want to talk to you guys. Send everything to contact us at TheWordXTheWorld.com. Have a great week, and be sure to check out next week's episode. Peace.